Live from Orlando, Florida, you're now listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Orlando Magic fans. Join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest Magic news and updates. The show starts now. What's up, Magic fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast brought to you by DraftKings and part of the Basketball Podcast Network. We're your hosts, Al, myself, Anthony. Today is December 23rd, just a couple days away from Christmas. In today's episode, we are joined by our man, our writer, Lando Magic HQ writer, Kieran. What's up, man? What's up? What's up? How are we doing today? We are good, man. So first and foremost, uh, we've been we've been a little MIA um, and just wanted to address it a little bit just because there's been a lot going on with the Magic. We haven't been able to voice um, our thoughts and opinions. A lot of people have been reaching out to us like, yo, when you guys going to drop an episode? If you don't know, I've mentioned it before in, in other episodes, but man, we we just just welcomed my my new baby boy born into this world. So um, we I had to take a little bit of break, but now now we're back and he's sleeping a lot, which is great. So we're, we're able to, you know, kind of push over that a little bit. So I uh, appreciate everyone's patience, but we're back, man. There's a lot going on. In today's episode we are going to talk about the little streak that we were on. Um, we're going to talk about, you know, a lot, of, a lot of the noise that Eddie House was making. If if you're watching this game, if you're watching this um, podcast on YouTube, see my boy right here on my left shoulder. Um, and then we're going to talk a little bit about some uh, some of the rumors that have been popping up. But before we get into those things, um, with the holiday just a couple of days away, um, Karen, we're going to start with you. What would be your one Orlando Magic Christmas wish? Like if... If the man, the the big red guy is is real and he came down your chimney, he said, Karen, you've been a good boy this year. If I can give you one thing for the Orlando Magic, what would it be? What would you what would you what I, would you tell? I want Paolo in the all-star game. Oh, that's I a good want him one. in the all-star game. Yeah. And he can. Yeah. He, he can. They it's just it's gotta happen. They gotta we gotta rally together, get enough votes in, and it, I think it'd be big to put us on the map. I mean, we're yeah. already getting more respect, but that would be big for us. So, yeah. Paolo to be yep. an all-star. That's my, that's the, my la- the last rookie to make it to the all-star game was Blake Griffin. Whatever year it was he was drafted, and it doesn't come to my head right now. But and that'd be big time, man, because, um, you know, it's I, I don't want to say that it's been a while since we have representation because, obviously, you know, Vooch was in there. Um, but this one feels a little different. Like, this isn't. It doesn't feel like Vooch was like it felt like Vooch was like the last man in, and Paolo may still be the last man in if he if he does get in just because he is a rookie. Um, but where word, you know, rookie, your rookie player makes it in there, you're starting off like on the high note. That's almost guaranteeing. Like, listen, if your rookie makes it into the All Star game, you are guaranteeing Rookie of the Year. Like, give him the award there. Like, don't yeah. wait till the end of the year. Just present it, you know, during during all of that because there's there's no coming back from that. What about you, Al? Mine's going to be easy, man. So, of course, we want Paolo in the All-Star game. And I think we've got a good chance of that happening, actually. But we'll talk about that later on. For me, it's got to be simple. It's going to be health. I want to see this team healthy. So, as the team is getting healthier, we'll talk about that later on, too. We're getting some players back. J.I.S. around the corner. Jaden sucks as well. We're going to be down to just Chuma in the injury report, which is insane. I can't remember the last time that the Magic only had one or two guys in the injury report. Um, so for me, it's maintaining that because what's been happening over the last couple of weeks can't keep on happening if this team is healthy. Otherwise, we're going to go back to what we're seeing back in November. So that's an easy one for me, just health. But uh, what about you, Ann? Well, what you got? You got a baby. You had a birthday this past week, too. You had a lot going on. What December's else can you ask for? December's always been a busy year. 
Um, <laughs> so I, I really like yours. Obviously, health, magic, it kind of goes hand in hand. If we can throw Jonathan Isaac inside of a, a stocking, that, that'd be amazing if we we're able to get that. Um, I, I think that, you know, not, not a lot of people are going to agree with my option. My option would be, if I was given that one thing, was playing tournament. I want the magic to make it into the playing tournament. Um, these last few games or these last handful of games have been so fun to watch majority because we've been winning, which is awesome. And it's not just winning against crappy ass teams. It's been wins against Toronto. It's been wins against Atlanta, Boston. Like it's been really, really fun. It's a big change from what people were expecting um, like two weeks ago. Like everyone was kind of, it felt like a majority of people now they're, they're just kind of on board with the tanking. Let's, let's do it. Now we went on a stretch. Now it's like, whoa, whoa, hold on. There's, you're telling me there's a chance. Like what, what, what was it? We're like two or three games back from being able to be in play in contention, which is crazy. And it's, is it's doable. Certain things have happened for us to be able to get there. We'll talk a little bit more about that in, in just a moment, but I know that the tankers out there are not going to like that response. Um, but man, it's, I've been looking at more and more of the draft and there's still a lot of solid, solid play, solid players out there that I'm, I'm okay. If we don't get, you know, the, the top three, like I'm, I'm okay because if we make the plan, that means Paulo is that guy, which we already know that he is. Franz is that guy. Wendell Carter is playing great. Markel Fultz is playing amazing. Jonathan Isaac is back and he's doing an impact. Like we, and we talked about this in the beginning of the season now. That in order for us make in order for us to be able to make the plan, in order for us to be that fourth seed, right? A lot of different factors have to go right. And it feels like some of those things are starting to happen. So for me, if I'm giving that one thing, be playing hundred percent. I gotta say too, like if you go back and listen to our two most recent episodes, so the ones before this one, we were already ready to embrace the tank. We were already talking about like, hey guys, like man, it's not going to be that year. Unfortunately, we've lost nine straight at that point. Um, let's embrace it. You know, it is what it is. The front office wants it. Let's just do it again. I was mentally ready, and I got to tell you, like every aspect, watching games, going to games, the mindset was, let me enjoy the games just to see the growth of the players. That's that was my mindset. Whereas now it's like, wait, time out. We've won seven out of eight. We're back in this playing thing. I'm yeah. excited again. Like I'm watching these games and I'm like, hey, uh, there's more to the season now. All of a sudden, we got 49 games left, guys. So this is a lot of time to make a run here. Um, think about this. If the Magic in some way somehow go 29 and 20, we're talking about 500 basketball all of a sudden here for the Magic this season. And not for nothing, this team being healthy can definitely pull off together a 29 and 20 run to end the season. So Crazy how, like you said, two weeks have changed completely the trajectory of this season. It's changed the outlook of the team completely and the energy around the franchise on Twitter, on, on Instagram. The comments we're getting is totally different than they were two weeks ago. So I hope it continues because back in October, heading into preseason, we knew what this team could do, if healthy, right? But unfortunately, we we're dealing with the same thing we dealt with for the last two years. Health was an issue. Players just took forever to come back. It seems like we're getting past that now. Hopefully, the new year, 2023, coming around the corner, we can stay healthy because if that happens, I can definitely see a nice little run here over the next uh, three to four months. Yeah, so... Yeah, and, and, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead, Karen. I was say, to your point, Al, like when, when it comes to the injury and the health issues, it's like 
all that stuff from last year, if we were healthy, I have no doubt about it that last year we probably would have been floating around that 11, 12 seed. But the fact that we weren't healthy is the reason we have Paolo. And now that we have Paolo and you add back the health, that's when you kind of could see the bigger picture. Okay, why did the front office hold back a little extra, a few months on these guys just to get a, a few more extra losses out of it? You see why. You're starting to see why it makes sense because – if you add Paolo onto this already talented team that was just set back by a few injuries, then now you're really you're cooking with gas. So, yeah, in the early part of the season, you were having those, man, I, I don't want to watch these games because, man, I feel like they're going to lose. I just got to watch for player development. That that was obviously a, a, a very, you know, a popular opinion for a good amount of the season. But now that we're really winning, we're playing good competitive winning basketball. Um like you said, you want to go into every game and you want to win. Like th- they made, they won six straight. And I'm sure even after six, the team wasn't satisfied. I'm sure they wanted more. They wanted that Atlanta win bad. You lose off of a, a in my opinion, a stupid call. You could have had eight straight, but Easily. they're gonna they're gonna keep making statements. And and so I'm I'm going to the uh, the Spurs game um, today tonight. And I am not going to walk out of there with a smile on my face unless there's a, a magic win. That's the mentality. For there's sure. no longer a, a, a moral victories. You know, there's there's no more of that. You want to see this team win. So to your point, man, the, the, the entire tide has shifted towards this team. People are starting to respect us. And you're really seeing it happen in real time. I mean, it, it's not like a, a team that's a joke is going to beat the best team in the league twice in a row on, on, on the road. That's not going to happen. So, like you said, health was a big factor, but everything kind of played into our our way that we have a, a serious, serious problem for the league. Like, we're, we're a storm. Yeah, and that's what makes these games so fun because during this stretch, we played Toronto back-to-back, Boston back-to-back. So it did feel like mini-series. You know, the Magic didn't reach 12 wins last season until February 2nd. So the fact that we've already reached that capacity, you already see the improvements. Obviously, you can blame a lot of that on a healthy Markel Fultz. You can blame a lot of that on Paulo Bancaro, Franz. Um, but this team is a lot better now, and it's it's what's making it so fun to watch. Now, um, my question to you, Al, Markel, he's he's played twelve games already. Um, you know, it's is what what are you thinking about his impact on the team? Um, how much of a difference has Markel been? Um, that's allowed for us to be able to win um, a lot of games recently. I mean, it's it's night and day. So 12 games Markel, we have a 7-5 and five record in that stretch. So we're playing better than 500 basketball in, in that time frame. Um, and it's too bad that we lost those two games against Philadelphia that we should have won again. But we got spanked, unfortunately, in those two because it could have easily been a 9-2 and two record. Oh, 9-3 for Markel in that span. But I think, man, just he's a guy that just – he does all the little things. It's not always going to show in the box score. Some days it will. He had that big game against Atlanta where he dropped 24 points and he looked like that Markel of a few years back against the Lakers. So he put on a show and, and had us all going crazy. But I think he does all the little things. He's making hustle plays. He's getting those offensive rebounds when it matters. Most importantly, the other team is making a run. He knows when to slow down and set up the offense. When to hit up the, the guy that's got it going. If it's Paolo, if it's Franz, get them the ball. Um, or, hey, nobody's got it going. I got to do it myself. Hey, I'm going to go in there and drive to the hoop and get a bucket when we need it. Um, I've been impressed. Not only his shooting is it's much better, whether it's mid-range or three-point shooting, 
But the fact that he has this mindset of I'm the leader, like I'm, I'm going to get you where, where we need to be. It, it's impressive for a guy that's been out for so long with injuries last year with the knee, this year with the toe for him to come back. Cause very easily we could have said, Hey, this is no longer your team. We now got Paolo, got Franz, take a back seat. No, he came back and he took it over. He said, give me the ball. And you can see him demanding the ball when this it's been inbounded, like give me the ball. I'm going to organize this offense. It's very impressive. Um, I got nothing but incredible good things to say about Markel. We got to see more of it. Uh, but Karen, what about you? What, what are your thoughts so far on, on what Markel has shown us so far? Oh man, he, he's been the offensive engine that this team needed so bad. I mean, there there's so many times during that that stretch where we looked just like a defeated team that we looked like we couldn't create any offense for ourselves. Like it was just the same, you know, dribble handoff, you know wait until the last four seconds of the shot clock and hopefully get a lucky shot. I, I've seen it way too many times with that when Markel was off the floor. And now that you see it, uh, a fully flowing offense that's just absolutely like teeming with potential. I mean, every time that he gets the ball, um, you're always expecting a play to be made. Like you, you, you're not going to go out there and see a, a crappy play being ran. It's just not going to happen when Markel has the ball in his hands. Like, uh, Speaking like what you said, Al, how he can take over when he wants to, when we need it. That play in Atlanta, when he gave us the first lead of like the entire game, we were up 125, 124. He he took the ball up and I I looked and I was like, man, he's going to make something happen. Like he, he's going to make something happen. Right as I said that, drives right to the lane, gets a nice reverse layup right away, takes a lead. He is exactly what this team needed. He's the team's most important player, I've said. Obviously, in terms of individual talent, I'd put Paolo and Franz over him. But when it comes to the sense of importance, what he brings to the team, combined with this, the off-the-court stuff, the locker room, the veteran leadership, I mean, this guy, he's hes one of those, like, silent untouchables. Like, obviously, you know, in, in a trade where they're offering, you know, a star, all-star, you'd consider putting him in the package. But you're not going to just shop him. And he's, ne- he's probably not going to be actively shopped at all. Because he's one of those guys you need him on the on this core. You need him on this team. So everything I've seen from him has just been great. Um, and the shooting, man, the, it's he, he's become a real threat from from three. The mid range is just as good as it was last year, and like, we're starting to see those flashes of uh, UW Markel, where the jump shot is just unguardable. Like the 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 pull ups where he has that hand dribble. It's like no nobody can take him, and then he even takes him in the post, goes for a nice little fadeaway. Everything we see from him is just so great, and and it might not show up in the box score all the time, but when it does, man, it's it's loud. Like he he will put up a loud twenty points, a loud twenty four points. Like he will make it known. He will take over stretches of games by himself. It's it's amazing. Yeah, and that's that's one of the biggest things that I've always said. Like Mark Hell doesn't have to go out there and drop twenty five points. He doesn't have to. He can. He has a skill for it, but he doesn't have to. And the way that he controls the pace of the game is is big because you have players like Franz and Paolo that were that were holding, they were carrying that load. But even though they did okay, which they did okay, they were taken away from what they're really, really great at. And the fact that now they're able to focus on you know their elite skill set, allow Mark Hell to be able to control it. And you're right, Karen. Like this dude is calling for the ball. He's telling, he's saying, give it to me. There's times where I've seen him in the game where there was a mistake, there was an error. Like you can see a little bit of that frustration. It's not bad to where it's, you know, negative, but you can see some of the frustration. So you see that he's holding people accountable. I'm not sure if you guys saw the um the podcast uh recently with Paulo 
um, they had with J.J. Reddick on the old man in the three, but even talked about how important Markel Fultz is. They considers him to be one of the most talented players that he's ever played with. And the minute that he the minute that he came back, the the game started changing for them and it allowed for them to be able to play with way more control. And I think that Markel is such an important piece to this team. Um, he's a really, really big guard. He's very fluid in the way that he is able to transition. He's very awkward in a lot of ways where he does things I've never seen any other basketball player um, really do. And the way that he's able to penetrate and kind of get through things is crazy. Um, you know, that, um, what was it? It was, I believe it was the Atlanta game where he kind of, on the last um, on the last drive that he had, he drove it in, but he drove in all the way down to the baseline area. And then he kind of twisted around and did a, like a one hand layup, reverse layup, like that. Mm-hmm. that who does that with the game on the yeah. line? Like he, who, he got who around really does the that? Defender and and just got free from like three people in the paint and got a, a free yeah. reverse layup. He, you don't see that he, exactly. He's fit. He's fast. He's big. He's he's creative. Like it, the stuff that he's able to do is insane. It's a reminder of how important he is to this basketball team. He the magic will go as far as Markel is able to take him. But you see, um, and you see exactly why everyone was like calling for the Magic's head when he wasn't getting released off the injury reports. Like, man, he makes the game so much more fun to watch. Like that, him being on the court is the difference between a good product and a bad product. It's so it's sure. so much better. And it's 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 true. Like the Magic, Mark Hill is is a true point guard. Like, yeah, he can't shoot the best from three point range, but you know what? He shoots them. It's not like he's afraid. He'll shoot them if he's wide open. There are moments where he second guesses it, and we're okay. Like, nobody is – I haven't seen that one person anywhere. I've never read on Twitter, on, on Facebook, on Instagram. No one has ever said, Markel, don't shoot. Markel, stop shooting. Markel, why are you shooting? Nobody is speaking negative because people do have confidence in his shot. They're more confident with his mid-range, but people have confidence in his shot, and he's not going out there shooting five, six, seven attempts. Now, if he was to go out there and shoot five, six, seven attempts, and he's really missing like a majority of them, and they're like, "All right, Markel, like, <laughs> calm down, bro." But it hasn't it hasn't been the case. The shots that he's taking, you know, he's taking really good quality shots. He's not taking shots where you know he's doing a crossover and sh- trying to shoot over people in three point line. The shots that he's taking are efficient shots where he's he's wide open. He's been a big, massive part on why we've been doing so great, and it's it's fun to watch, man. Everyone's happy for him. JJ Redick is happy for him. He couldn't stop talking positive things about him. Everyone online is talking great about him. And you 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 get the sense that you're really everyone's really rooting for Markel, which is fun. Now um now in regards to Franz and Paulo, you know, how have they been during the stretch? Um and I know I had mentioned it now, but um some of the things that Paulo had said about Franz as well is they had asked him in that podcast, the old man in the three, like did you know about Franz? Like did you know about Franz when you came to the team? And Paolo legit said, no, I didn't know anything about Franz. But he said that the minute that he saw him, that Franz carries this type of swagger that you know that he's a baller. Like, you know that this dude is a gamer. Um, but how how great has Franz and Paolo been? I mean, well, what, what can you say, man? I will tell you this. Like, as a Magic fan, I haven't felt this confident going into games in such a long time. Just because you got those two guys that can – you can expect 20 points a night now from both of them. I mean, let me ask you guys that. When was the last time you came to a Magic game or you watched a Magic game from home and you knew you had two dudes on the court that can drop you 20 points easily on, on a given night? Never. 
That and what's crazy about that is that we expected those things from Vooch and from Evan Fournier. Yeah, no. Like that's Vooch. that's the insane part. Like we expected, <laughs> like if Vooch wasn't out there dropping twenty, Evan Fournier wasn't out there dropping twenty. Like Aaron Gordon was so inconsistent that maybe yes, maybe no. Mm. But you expected Evan and Vooch to carry the offensive load, and the fact that our team now is like completely different, obviously, and Paulo Franz is doing it, like it's. It's it's insane to see how far we've come. Yeah, yeah, and and, and, and I, I, it's hard to look back because it's like, man, we really sat through those times of like nobody having a shot at putting up numbers as good as these two are. And it's wild. We watched it. We watched eighty-two games of it. We we sat there watched forty-eight minute games for a whole season of guys that can't hoop on their level. I I, I it makes me wonder how we got through that. Because, and, and what's funny is I was actually listening to a, a a Twitter space from the Rockets after we just beat them, and man, we've when we when we beat teams, I realized that everyone gets so demoralized after we beat them because oh, we lost to the Magic, and they were saying <laughs> yeah. stuff like like wow, you know, all these losses, you know, you lose against the Magic, and these players are gonna lose their love for the game, and and we should just you know trade trade everything, and it's like. But that shows you how important the draft is, is when we picked up Paolo. If we didn't get Paolo, if we had taken, you know, a, a Jabari, like we, we might be in the same boat. You know, we we wouldn't have a guy that's already a solidified all-star that you know for sure. And we might be in the same boat. I mean, Franz would obviously be developing, but when you have a guy like Paolo and Franz, man, it makes this team invaluable. It, it makes them, you have to really guess their ceiling because you have no idea how far they can go. And there's not a lot of young teams that can say that. Yeah, people really, even, people really get hurt. Yeah, yeah. and it's not even Oof. just that. It's the fact that those guys around them are going to be getting so much better because of it. So you think about Markel, right? We've seen how good he's looked. But now we're getting Wendell back here very shortly, perhaps even tonight against the Spurs. You better believe Wendell's going to have an easier time now, you know, cutting to the hoop, catching alley-oops. Because now defenses have to watch France in the corner, Paolo in the other corner, or them running pick and roll. And that's the other aspect of all this. They can drop 20 a night easily. I expect it now. Every single night, I'm expecting 20 from each. But not only that, they can also give you five, six assists, grab you seven to eight rebounds, if not more, in the, in the case of Paolo, play solid defense. Like, this dude's legit are giving me, you know, that that Boston Celtics five of having Tatum and Brown. You know, you having, I'm not going to go that far, but having a duo of, like, the Lakers, you have LeBron and AD coming to town. You know they're going to kill you that night and give you the business. Well, guess what? Paolo and Franz are doing that just now for the Magic. But the fun thing is, it's year one and two for these dudes. Like, the sky's the limit for how good they can be. And even another guy to keep in mind that we keep forgetting about, Jalen Suggs. He looked much better when he played this year. Had his moments where he looked like a football running back instead of a point guard in the NBA. But I will say this. His game is going to get so much easier as a result now because now you got two dudes again on the court, plus Markel, plus Wendell that need attention. Well, guess what? We're forgetting about Sucks, the guy that can shoot, the guy that can no longer finish at the hoop. Now he will be able to. And now that fourth or fifth pick last year, K, well, the potential, can get it done on the defensive end and just hit the open shot, hit the open layup. And all of a sudden, he may average 15 to 18 points a night. And again, it's crazy to think about how quickly we've gone from Vooch, Fournier, AG to now hey, guess what? We got two legitimately good dudes that can carry us to a win, by the way. And it's amazing to watch how they alternate. Like yesterday, the first quarter, Paolo killed it. 
And then next thing you know, in the fourth quarter and third quarter, Franz is the guy getting buckets. So it's it's fun how we have this dynamic of, hey, it's your time. Now it's my time. It, it's really fun to watch. And I mean, the sky's the limit for this team. It's really fun to watch. I can't recall as a Magic fan the last time I could say we have two dudes, except maybe Dwight and Vince, when Vince was here, that he was dropping 20 easily at night for a little while there. But other than that, really, like, when do you have two guys that can do that? I, I can't recall. Listen, uh, you know, Dave, David and Jeff, they do an amazing job. I really, really love watching their games and broadcasts. But if you get a chance to listen to the other team's broadcast, at least one game to kind of feel and hear their perspective on what they're seeing on the court is actually really entertaining because nobody knows what is going on. Like, it's like they've been dumbfounded with how is it that our team is getting smacked the way that they're getting smacked. And they talk so they they have no choice but to talk highly about the Orlando Magic. That man, they have so many big players, six foot ten player passing into another six foot ten player. Look at Bobo go. Like it's people are are really bothered by the fact that they're losing to to the Orlando Magic. Um, and one real quick before we transition to our next topic, one player that I think that deserves a little credit as well for us playing so well. It's is Mo Wagner. The fact that he was able to step Huge. in and, and play that starting five for us, especially with Wendell Carter um, being out, Mo Bamba not being, you know, as consistent and reliable as we need him to be. Um, he's been really, really big throughout this stretch for us and, and bringing the energy that we desperately needed. It's going to be fun to see Wendell Carter come back and to be able to see Mo Wagner, um, you know, come off the bench and, and bring the energy lane in games. But I think that um, that Dave he's done a great job. Even Schofield and and Kevon Harris, um, as our two way players, that you know you really don't expect much to come from our two way. Um, with the injured reserves that we have, they've been putting in a lot of really good minutes, a lot better than people were expecting. Um, especially Schofield. Schofield out of nowhere started being you know, a little little baller man. That dude's a dog. Um, so he's been fun to watch. Um, but that. Excuse me, let's let's fast forward to Eddie House. So these teams are getting upset that we're beating them. Eddie House has been uh, public enemy number one for the Magic community, which was amazing. Um, so we played against the Boston Celtics. We got a really big, massive win, back-to-back games against the Boston Celtics at the Garden. Now, after that game, Eddie House, he was interviewed. And why, why do they give this man a microphone? L- listen, this is what he said. I'm sure you guys know, but we're, we're going to talk about it. They got 10 wins. They're still garbage. Talking about the Magic. They're still not a good basketball team. They won't be in the playoffs or make the play-in tournament. Um, Karen, I'll go to you first. When you first heard that from Eddie, get smacked in the head by Ray Ferrell Austin House, um, what were your first <laughs> thoughts on, on his comments? I mean, it, it was the first game after it was the first game when he first made the comments, I was like, you know, I've, we've seen this before, man. This is just, you know, Stacey King part two, you know, uh, a lot of, a lot of the old heads, they get upset when uh, a young team that's rebuilding, they beat their, you know, supposed contender team that, that happens that it, it just happens. You know, they're, they're homers. They're going to have a little homerism. I thought I, I didn't really think much of it, but I thought it was funny when all the players started responding to him with the, with the gif after the second game. But after the second Amazing. game, when he doubled down on it, you're, when that happens, when your team loses twice at home to a rebuilding team, you don't double down. You don't go in and say, wow, this team is crappier than we thought. 
because that makes you guys seem crappier than you thought. If you want to say that you lost twice at home to a rebuilding team that is supposedly trash, you're really insulting your own team by saying that. So you, I, I think he had two options and he just decided to go completely off book and pick uh, an, another option that was not even there. He had two options, either praise the magic or just, just don't say anything at all. You, you could have just said, wow, Paolo and Franz are a great duo. That's They're going to be great for a few years. That's it. That's all you got to say. Nah, he, he, he leaned into it. He, le- he, he leaned into too it. hard. He doubled um, down. Al, what, what, were your, what were your thoughts on, you know, kind of how he responded to the fan base? What's going on, Magic fans? The NBA season is heating up, and there are still so many unknown. When I'm looking to get on the action, I bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet just $5 pre-game money line on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, total rebounds, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, sign up with code TBPN, Place a $5 pregame money line bet on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So the funny part is, so apparently he's an analyst that uh, goes on Celtics TV after games, kind of like... Quinta Richardson does for the Magic, right? With with Dante and does the post game show. Number one, I don't know how he got that gig, but let's get past that. This is my thing, man. So for those that don't know, so the quote after the second game, we beat them, right? So this is one the players are now putting the the, the photo and, and they're all tweeting it. But he had this to say: He says a lot of them talking about Magic fans are getting disrespectful. They're classless. I thought Orlando and Mickey Mouse, Disney, all that was about family. It's nothing about family over there. It's all about haterism over there. Time out for a second. Is that a word? Haterism? <laughs> no, it, it is now. Okay. It is. It's in the just, just urban, dictionary. urban dictionary. So this is my thing, man. So to Karen's point, you lose to us once. You're the one that calls us trash. You follow that up by us beating you again at home. And now you're going at the fan base directly, saying that we are classless, that we're flooding your DMs and your, your Twitter feed with, with stuff. Bro, you looked for it, right? Like, I, I would expect that also if Dante went on TV, which he would never do, by the way. But if Dante went on TV after a game and said, hey, this Boston fans, they are freaking classless. This team is trash. They lost to the Magic take that Boston and just went on a rant like he did, I would expect Celtics fans to flip, you know, to go to Twitter right away and tag Dante and, and go at it. 100%. 100%. And don't forget, I used to live in the area. I used to go to Boston games. I know how that crowd is. It's they're, they're ruthless. Probably one of the worst fan bases when it comes to attacking opponents in the NBA. So I get where he's coming from, from like defending his team and all that. But man, to Karen's point, take the loss twice 
at some point move on and say, you know what, man, they were the better team. They played well tonight. The Celtics deserve to lose. Move on. But he didn't do that. So I will tell you this, man. Eddie House, you have zero business talking magic basketball. You've proven you know nothing about this team based on what you're talking about. And like Kieran said, you lost twice to us. And the Celtics have kept on losing, by the way, after that. Who's the trash team here? If you are one of the best teams, a, a finals contender, an NBA champion contender, and you can't beat a trash team, then look inside, bro. Something's happening within your team that needs to be analyzed. The Magic are on the uprise right now. Your team is losing. Now, the Celtics are a great team. They will be in the playoffs. They will go far. Nothing to do with the team. I'm talking about Eddie House only. Shut up, bro. Like You don't know nothing about the Magic and move on. That's all I'm going to say. So I, what's what's amazing about this whole entire situation is, one, we, we took the win in Boston, all right? But for, for him to call the team garbage, like, you you got to be, like, Hall of Famer. You, you got to be, like, a Shaquille O'Neal type of player. You got to be, like, like someone that is is proven to be able to have that much confidence in being able to talk like that. Like you can't be a bench player talking like a starter. Like you just can't. So one of the, one of the things that I loved about this, right, is that Paulo in his in his um in one of his press conferences, he you know he mentioned that his comments had made it into the Magic group chat, and some of the players were bothered by it, and and you know they're they're using it as fuel. So the fact that after the first game, because it's not that often, I don't want to say that's not that often, but unlucky for him. We got to we got a chance to play them back to back in Boston. So it's not like we just went in there, we we got a win, a lucky win, because that's kind of how he was positioning it. Like it's a lucky win. And then that's it. We won't see him for another 20, 30 games. Now, homie, we got you in the same week. Run that back. And we ran it back. And it's like, all right, you get that first win with Jason Tatum. We got the win. Wasn't their night. That happens in the NBA. Second game, unfortunately, he didn't play. Uh, Jason Tatum didn't play, but we still ended up getting the win. It's kind of like, dude, just accept it. The fact that he didn't—he's—he's uh, a—he's a scrub, man. I—I I, I hated the fact that he could have literally just took it on the chin and just said, you know, hey, listen, they—we didn't play well. Boston Celtics and need to look inside internally and figure that shit out. And the fact that they weren't—he didn't speak to that—goes to show you that. Is he really the right type of person you need to have on camera? Like, is that really the type of person that you need to say? He's over here talking about the magic fan base is classless. And dude, you went on on your TV station calling us garbage. And he tried to hide it a little bit where he said, Well, the players individually, they're good, but you know, as a team, they're they're garbage. But bro, you can't you can't go and say that this team is garbage and you lose to them back you know what? to back. It, it got me was so home. funny. He literally pulled up stats. He was he was <laughs> fighting against someone he uh, on on Twitter, and he pulled up stats saying, "Oh, I wasn't a scrub. See, I dropped nine points in a playoff game, <laughs> and everyone just killed him for it." Man, it was like, well, that's not that. Not only that, he actually went on Twitter and posted a picture. He went to his closet, some box that he had, <laughs> grabbed his old Celtics jersey with with its ring. <laughs> Took a picture of it and started talking about like, hey, talk to me when you guys get one of these. Like, I get it, bro. You got carried to a ring. You were lucky to play with KG and Pierce and those guys. I get it. But, bro, how can you come out and go to your closet in the middle of a Sunday night? You're supposed to be your family watching TV, enjoying 
the holidays coming up, and you're fighting on Twitter with Magic fans and, and taunting us with this ring that you got that we know, again, was given to you because you were on the team. Bro, like, it's unbelievable to me that he got to that level. Um, never seen an NBA player, any talent. You know what, Al, you know what makes it better is he also included his two Eastern Conference Finals rings. And you know who else has two Eastern Conference Finals rings? The Orlando Magic. <laughs> so that he didn't need to include that. We, we already got oh those. Oh, my God. So I, I I think what what's amazing about it is um because someone someone had also you know responded back to him on, on Twitter like yo you're responding to you're responding to all these these fans but you're not responding to the actual players that are reposting gifts of you getting slapped in the head by Ray Frosten <laughs> and bro the fact the minute that I saw Markel post the gift the minute that I saw uh, Mo Bamba Terrence Ross Cole Anthony like. It, it it's it's a reminder one that collectively the fan base like the fan base has voices man the fact that you literally got this dude so flustered that he responded to at least a hundred different people um it, it, it the fact that you know these this this interview that happened in boston somehow came out to light and landed into the team's group chat collectively it's a reminder that the fan base you know there <laughs> there is power in voices and there's there's power in unity and the fact that everyone was able to come together and, and stand up for the orlando magic and then the orlando magic go out there and stand up for us and be able to represent the city and say nah man we're we're not we're not garbage let let us show you who we really are um it's 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 a great feeling man and and the fact that the magic are winning these games and they're playing better basketball um, you know, good for them because now like you're going to have these people that are doubting the Orlando magic. Is this real? You know, yeah, we may have had, you know, the, the loss against Atlanta, but we were able to bounce back against a team like Houston. Yeah. The game wasn't pretty. Like we should have smacked Houston, but we still finished that game, a, a game that was in Houston, another game. That's a way we we're able to win that game. We we're able to bounce back. Um, it's, it's the magic are going to have to go out there every single game and improve themselves. Like they they have to go out there and and demand their respect. I think that little by little they're starting to do that. But we need to be able to put you know pedal to the metal and and hit the gas and and really like show people that we're we're here to compete. We're here to play. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's I what I liked say, about the last two games. Is like, sorry, Al, my bad. You can go ahead. No, no go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, the the last two games, man. They were they were pretty pretty bad to start out for the Magic. I mean, the Hawks game. Right. Granted, we lose, uh, but I think that the fight that they had at the end, this team is going to fight regardless of, of the situation they're in. You know, you're down, you know, hovering around that 10, 12 range for pretty much the entire game. All of a sudden, the last three minutes, you know, you really lock in. You take Trey Young basically out of the game, and then you're seeing a one-point lead that's just, you know, unfortunate, taken away by, by a couple free throws. It happens. And then throughout the Houston game until around like the second half, we were fighting back down. We, they were at the point we were down, I think 17, they were hitting a, a ton of threes and we, we went in and, and we played great to, to end it. The team knows how to, how to finish these games out, which another thing, you know, back to our, our old point is that Markel is big in that we didn't really have a lot of closing, you know, guard lead guards that could do that bef- uh, beforehand. So now that we have, someone reliable that we know can handle the offense in crunch time. That's been really important. So you see the fight to this team. I mean, everyone, we've always said it over the last few years, the team will fight, 
you know, lose, win or lose, the team will fight. But we're seeing it now actualized with real, you know, capable talent put to that mantra. The team's going to fight. The team has so much heart. They have so much effort. And you're really seeing that, you know, in real time, like that this team will never, never stop. You know, you can beat them, kick them to the ground. They're going to get up. That's what I like about it. Yeah, during um and and just bringing up the podcast again with the old man and the three, I really strongly recommend watching because it was a really good interview with Paulo. But Paulo also mentioned in there that their mindset, like part of Markel's impact, also is that the the mindset is different. They're not they're being they're they're not accepting losing. Losing isn't just something that they're going to accept and just go to the next game and then lose again and everything's going to be okay. No, if they if they lose a game, they're they're going to be bothered by it and they're going to do whatever they can to to continue to improve and get better and, and to win games. And we're starting to see that. Now, let, let me ask you guys, because during the stretch, RJ Hampton, um, you know, he he kind of volu- he volunteered to be assigned to the Lakeland Magic. That way he's able to get some runs and, and still be able to, you know, get some minutes and get developed, which, you know, kudos to him for doing that. But when Lakeland, when uh, RJ Hampton was brought back, he was DMPs. He he didn't get he didn't see any floor time. So um, what are your what are your thoughts on that? What 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 do you see the magic end up doing with RJ Hampton? This guy has showed that hey, I'm willing to get better. So let me go play in Lakeland real quick. Come back. I expected, and this is me personally, I expected that they were to look at it like, man, that's that's very that's very mature of you. Like, let's let's see if you learned anything from it. Didn't happen. We both saw both of our two-way players in the game playing big minutes and RJ nothing. Yeah, it's um, it's strange, right? We we've talked about it before in the podcast. It's been a a weird kind of transition from RJ Hampton, the dude that we got from Denver, who kind of showed out right after the trade last year. Saw some minutes at point guard mostly. They didn't really fit into that position. We all knew that, but I really thought this year he kind of slowed down his game a little bit. Was shooting it well from three point range. The game seemed a little bit too slow for him at times. He was still going too fast at times. Um, but he was playing well. Like, I I didn't understand it. Then I, I don't get it now. I got to say, and I got to ask you guys, at this point, can we just assume really something happened, whether it's a violation of team policy, whether it is he got into it with Coach Mosley and said some things that he shouldn't have said. Like, I don't know what to say. I don't want to speculate. But then again, we are a podcast that people watch to talk about these things. I really don't know what to put my finger on and say this is why it's happening. But I will say this. Right now, Kevon Harris is playing well. He's shooting it well, playing really, really good defense on the best players against uh, on the op- opponent's team. He's earning the minutes. At this moment, Kevon Harris is earning those minutes. I will tell you that. With Gary Harris coming back soon, hopefully Jalen sucks. That's even deeper into the the bench you're going to see RJ Hampton go into. I don't really see him sticking in Orlando number one, but what do you guys think has cost that? Let's kind of just play here. Just, just create some drama here. Why, what could have led to this? Because I didn't see it coming personally. I, I'm not sure. I, I think that there's, there, there was always a guard problem and people are always going to say Orlando has too many guards, but when you see it kind of happen in real time, guys getting healthier, guys are getting back on the floor. Cole's back. Markel's back. Franz is playing at the two. Kevon's playing great defense. Like I always said, this team is going to have plenty of odd men out. And I think RJ is the first domino. Once you're building a real 
you know, successful team, which we're seeing them becoming a successful team in real time. So it's a good problem to have. Trust me, it's not it's not something that's that we're complaining about that we have this issue. But we maybe a year ago, if RJ Hampton got a DNP, we would be freaking out with what the hell's going on. Why is this happening? But now you look at it as okay, Kevon and Admiral have earned their minutes. We have enough guards already as it is to fill out the minutes. And then we're going to have two guards come back from the rotation anyways. He's kind of lost his spot. And and I've said that since probably like my first few times coming on the show, there's going to be some guys that fizzle out. When you build around two guys and you have a ton of young guys, a ton of young guys who have potential, who probably won't see minutes because someone else is earning them in practice, whatever it may be, they're going to be some that fizzle out, that lose their minutes, that are just going to see their way out of the rotation. I think RJ... It does have a little bit of that, just general, you know, it's an NBA, it's a business. You got guys on the roster who wanted it more than you. I, I could see it being some of that. But the whole thing with the Mike Miller situation with Wendell, when that went down, and all, all the cryptic posts on Instagram and stuff, it's like something happened behind the scenes for sure. So, Al, to your point, I think it it just might be just internal issues, you know, disagreements and he wouldn't have asked to go to Lakeland for no reason because he he wants you can tell he wants to play and trade deadlines kind of warming up. We're starting to hear a little more talks. So I feel like he just wanted a place to showcase his talents without being DNP the entire time, not getting rusty. So I, I, I have a feeling that probably early on in the season, he was probably told something. They probably let him know, Hey, you're not going to see a big role with us this year. You might not see a role with us at all. Just sort of, you know, be aware of that. And he's probably taken that into account. And I'm sure he's working with his agents to work something out to, to find his way out of Orlando, find a different home. There's plenty of teams that could use a guy like him. It's just not, might not be with Orlando. So I, like I said, it's just something that probably happens behind the scenes, some internal discussions. That's all I can really think of. Yeah, I mean, he's he's said to be a free agent, and the it seems like the Magic are perfectly fine with letting him go. Um, so <clears throat> I don't I don't think it was anything major, just because uh, from everything that we've seen and heard, the front office the front office does <clears throat> a really good job in being able to manage, um, you know, their their relationships, and they they don't go out of their way to to piss people off. Um, I do think that if if he's not playing something's definitely happening in practice because you earn your minutes in the game by what you do in practice. Once you're in the game, especially if you're someone that's not playing a whole lot of minutes, like if you're not, if you're not the great offensively, then we have to be able to see you on the defensive end. We have to be able to see effort. We have to be able to see you dive on the floor, being a forcer. Like there's so many different ways that you're able to impact the game that Kevon Harris and Admiral Schofield are, are doing. So the fact that both of these two-way players are getting more minutes than a player like R.J. Hampton, one, I, I would imagine it's a shot to morale. The fact that he had to humble himself to say, hey, let me go get minutes in Lakeland and then come back and we're on a winning streak and that winning streak has absolutely nothing to do with you, I'm sure like R.J. Hampton is, is over it. Um, and listen, it, it didn't it didn't work out. The Magic, in my opinion, have have tried. I think R.J. Hampton also has tried. It's time for a different environment. 
I think that the the part that's a little um a little surprising is that there was a report from from Jake Fisher out of Yahoo Sports showing that the Magic are expected to shop Ross Harris and Mobamba, but there was no talks of RJ Hampton being shopped. I think that the Magic are just gonna let RJ Hampton go until the end of the season and then you you're free to walk, man. You decide where it is that you want to play. Um, because even when you think about the value that RJ Hampton has right now, is there, is there any, like, what could you possibly get back for RJ Hampton? I think that that's the part that kind of, um, I don't want to say frustrating, but you know, this trade deadline is going to be a little unique for the magic just because the players that we are shopping, like you really don't know what the market value is. Uh, previously we were looking for a first round pick for Terrence Ross, uh, we know that that's not the value because if that was a the value, then we would have got something done. And he was the only survivor out of the, the Orlando magic purge that we did from the Hennigan era. Um, and then you look at a player like Mo Bamba, where there was a report saying that the magic may be looking for a first round pick for Mo Bamba, but we also know that that doesn't sound realistic either. And the only real carrot that we have is maybe Gary Harris, but he can't stay healthy to save his life. So, you know, what value do we have there? I really don't know what the Magic are are would be looking to do at the trade deadline. Um, but you know, something that we've talked about before that with this draft coming up, potentially getting that Bulls pick, our draft pick, there's going to be a point where the Magic do have to consolidate and make space and room for these for these players because adding two first-round draft picks to already young, young core is something that is inevitable. It's happening. So yeah. what are we going to do to be able to make that space? I, I would think in, when you have guys like Terrence Ross uh, and Gary Harris that can make up for good contract money, you know, you put them in into to consolidate cap space, kind of put them two in a package they're valuable vets. Um, and then you have that Bulls pick, which I think is like ultra valuable right now. Because they are they are hovering right in that range that you want a top four protected pick to be at, so you take probably Terrence Ross, Gary Harris, that Bulls pick, maybe another future first uh, if you really want to bank on this team's future, and you go for a guy like say Fred Van Vliet might be on the market. They've been looking to trade him. Raptors are undergoing a little bit of a, a strain right now. Um, I d- I did hear that guys like Cam Reddish are shot by the the Knicks, so you could probably bank and buy him low, maybe around, you know, what, what, like you said, with Mo Bamba, his range probably isn't as valuable as a first round pick, but neither do the Knicks see that as with Cam Reddish. So uh, that's just a couple of names I would look, look at maybe not trade deadline this year, but probably off season, there might be some noise. There's, there's definitely been a lot more talks lately uh, around when you see these reports mentioning the magic being big players in, in both trade deadline and free agency. Because you could see this team wants to keep this winning going. So, like I said, they could use those guys, those vets, you know, Terrence Ross, Gary Harris, throwing a couple of the picks that we we might not need and and go for it and, and make a big splash. So yeah, I, I I would definitely see that that it it would have some value. It would definitely make this team better on paper, although it is pretty good. You know, you could really um, salvage the record that we got and really make it something, you know, uh, make for a playoff push if you make the right moves. Yeah, I mean, to your point, Karen, I think for me personally, it would have to be some sort of package. I don't think individually these players have the value that we want, right? So if you think of Terrence Ross by himself, Mo Bamba by himself, 
Gary Harris can't stay healthy. That's hurting his value. Like, so those guys aren't going to yield you that first round pick that you're hoping for, or that young player that maybe you want to try to get that it's a piece that you want to add to your roster. I think if you pair them up, so you think about maybe the Warriors, a team that is struggling with bench guys, not playing to their potential. And you say to them, Hey, I'm going to give you a Gary Harris, a Terrence Ross. And by the way, a Mo Bamba that can help you with some shot blocking and three point shooting. What do you think? Can we get a guy like X, Y, and Z for those guys? And that may work. Or a team like the Lakers, so I might get desperate and say, hey, we want to make a push at the playoff. We really want LeBron to, to be in the playoffs this season. Let us get those two wings that you have that are vets in Ross and Harris. But then again, if we are trying to make the play-in, we need vets in this roster. We need guys that can help us maintain control and, and carry this thing into the playoffs. So it's going to depend a lot what happens between now and February 1st, what the team does. If we keep on winning, it may impact what we do. Not to an extent that we're going to package, you know, and try to go after Trey Young or or a star, nothing like that. But what do we do? What pieces do we add? And to your point, and we are going to start consolidating at some point. I think we're now seeing clearly who are the key stones in this team, who are the players that impact winning. And not for nothing, a guy like, like Mo Wagner has proven that, hey, Mo Bamba may have all this potential in the world, but I can do it just with energy. And by being Franz Wagner's brother, that's all it takes to, 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 for me to play well. Um, and I think that's going to keep him in Orlando, just those two things. He plays with energy, he plays hard, and he helps us maintain Franz happy here in Orlando. So he's proven that he can be that backup center easily in this team. So I think Mo Bamba's a guy to definitely keep an eye on. Now, do we trade him by himself or do we package an RJ Hampton with him to kind of entice a team to give us that first-round pick or with Gary Harris or Terrence Ross? It's going to be interesting. Um, but very quickly, going back to RJ Hampton for a second, I do want to say props to him. If you see him on the bench, this dude is standing up, cheering for his teammates, being a great locker room presence, it seems like, at least from the outside looking in on the bench. So that he is doing. He hasn't let this uh, non-playing situation impact the way that he is, you know, around the teammates. So props to him for that. Let's see what happens between now and February 9th. Yeah, so, I mean, listen, trade deadline is right around the corner. Literally anything can happen. Uh, there was also reports that the Lakers are interested in Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba brings a lot of things that, um, you know, teams are interested in. The fact that he is a big, that can stretch the floor. Um, you know, we we may have, you know, the the things that we don't like or wish that Mo Bamba would do more of. But Mo Bamba has shown flashes on on being a good player. We just wish that we saw that good player on a more consistent basis. Um, with that being said, man, we got players coming back. So there was reports coming out that, or not even reports, the injury report, Wendell Carter Jr. and Gary Harris will be questionable for Friday's game. So we're really hoping to see them back. Um, Wendell Carter, we've always um, have talked about Wendell as being an anchor for this team. And someone that really, really does a lot for us at that five position. Um, and this week ahead, we got Friday. Um, so today's game against San Antonio. We got the L.A. Lakers on Tuesday and then Wednesday against the Detroit Pistons. All very, very winnable game. On paper, you're looking at it as you, you better beat these teams. Um, that Laker game is going to be the one that I have circled just because we're hoping it will be the first game that we see Paolo versus LeBron. Um, AD is out with that injury, um, but you're still – that the Lakers are still a, a beatable team. Um, they haven't they haven't played really well, so it's going to be a fun matchup to see what the Magic end up doing there. Um, so just real quick, man, what are your what are your predictions, Karen? We'll start with you. For that three game stretch, if if it's anything less than three and zero, I'll I'll be a little I'll be a little upset because when you see what the Lakers have done 
even with AD, it's still kind of disappointing. Now they don't have AD. I mean, they're going to have guys like, like, I don't know. I don't even know who's on their roster at this point. Thomas Bryant. And, you know, I don't know who their power forward is. Lonnie Walker. If you have Wendell back and you have Paolo there, it it will be a, a travesty if you don't score at least like 90 points in the paint. You've got to dominate this game. Spurs coming up. I think that tonight it really should be just about beating uh, Coach Pop and his his coachability because obviously he does have the coaching edge over uh, a second year coach like Coach Mose. But you hope that the talent will kind of outweigh that. I think that that'll definitely play a big factor in it. It all come down to effort and talent. Both teams are very young, but I think the Magic just have a lot more talent on paper. Pistons sort of the same thing. You have they have no Cade um, and. Jaden Ivey's doing good. Uh, Jalen Dern's doing good, but that's a team you should be. You shouldn't walk into that game expecting anything less than at least like a, a five, 10 point win. You should expect that out of yourselves if you're the Magic at this point. So, yeah, I hope to. I hope they go three zero, man. I hope they really start to put this, uh, uh, put this, put their team on the map. I really think that it's it's an opportunity for the world to really wake up to the Magic. Plus, if you do that, that just keeps increasing those those playing odds. Um, you're looking at, I think, two and a half games back out of the 11th seed and then one game uh, from that into the 10th seed. So you should expect the Magic to win. Uh, anything less than 3-0, you, you, I will be dissatisfied. I want to see them win 3-0. Yeah, I think for me personally, I, I got to say the same thing. You got to go 3-0. I would take 2-1 and only, only because that Wednesday game against Detroit is kind of a tricky game. Second half of a back-to-back, we're traveling from Orlando to Detroit, playing them the second night. So kind of a tricky, one of those scheduled losses that, that people talk about sometimes, like the Hawks game this past Monday was. Um, so that's a tricky one. But if this team has won against San Antonio and the Lakers, I think the spirits will be high. They're going to be energized to finish you know, that, that little stretch and, and win that game as well. So hoping for 3-0, but I will be okay with 2-1 as well. Uh, most importantly, though, if you know me, I'm not a huge LeBron fan. You gotta win at Emory Center that Tuesday game. You have to. I'll be there. We, a lot of Magic fans will show up. A lot of Lakers fans will show up and and try to take over the arena. So we've been doing a really good job this year, um, kind of shutting out the opponent, the, the the opposing fans when they've come to town. So hopefully that happens on Tuesday night and the Magic can pull off a win. Yeah, the <clears throat> if the Magic are really serious about making the play in. They're really leaning into um, winning games. Um, I, I see these three games as as must win. Um, after these three games, we we got the Wizards on December thirtieth, um, and then we got the Thunder. But after that, the games get really hard. We go against the Grizzlies, Warriors, um, Kings that have been playing really good basketball, Blazers, Jazz, Nuggets, Pelicans. Um, the games are going to get tougher going into um, the new year. So. Every single game counts. Every single game is important because we need to be able to, you know, to to sack up as many wins as possible, um, so that we're we're in that conversation. We're playing meaningful games um, towards the end of the year. And and for the tankers, man, if you guys want the magic to tank, then you know you hoping that we you know get slapped in the face and and lose every game. So we don't want that, man. We want to be able to have fun watching these games. And if there are games that we do lose. You know, we we pray and hope that these games are as competitive as possible. That way, you know, these guys are getting better. But, man, a lot of things to be excited for. Really good episode, guys. I appreciate you guys for listening. That's a wrap. We'll catch you guys next week. 
Thank you for listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Magic fans. For all the latest Orlando Magic news and updates, follow us on Twitter at the Ozone Pod and on Instagram at Orlando Magic HQ. Remember to subscribe and leave a five-star review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms.